Hey, it's Flames, and this is Climate Changers, a podcast where we celebrate the heroes who are on the front lines of creating a new and sustainable resource and energy economy. Today, my guest is Joseph Maria Ribas from the International Wineries for Climate Action. Hi, Joseph. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ryan. From your perspective, what is the impact of climate change on the great wine regions of the U.S. and Europe? Well, actually, the effect of climate change is very clear in our sector, both in Europe, in the U.S., but also South America and uh, Australasia regions. The fact of having gathered all these wineries within international wineries for climate action, we realized that climate change is happening everywhere. We were already aware of what was happening in our house at home. In Europe, we are suffering from uh, late spring frost. That might be the, the worst scenario here, probably. Remember what happened in France this year? They lost 50% of the, of the harvest. Also in, in Spain, in particular, we suffer from very heavy drought seasons where there is no rain falling down. And then suddenly, all this rain that was not coming, it comes all together and we have floodings. Another effect of climate change that is very much perceived by the wine industry or the wine sector is the increase of temperature, even though it is not big numbers, even if it's just one degree, half degree, quarter of degree Celsius. The vine is very sensitive to these temperature changes. And therefore what happens is that the, the ripening of the grape is, is, is modified. It creates an imbalance between what we call the phenolic maturation and the alcoholic maturation. So there is an imbalance between the sugars inside the grape and the maturation of the skin of the other parts of the grape. This brings more sugar inside the grape, which ultimately will bring to a higher degree of alcohol in our wines. And we want to avoid that. We want low alcohol wines with good acidity, with the right point of ripening of the skins and, and so on, but we don't want high alcohol. And that's an, an imbalance that we find because of climate change and that we need to, to face and to adapt and we are doing it. But uh, it's one more thing to be added in the, in the backpack of the vineyards in the winemaking sector. And with that as context, what is the mission and history of International Wineries for Climate Action? Well, International Wineries for Climate Action was born thanks to Cristina Torres, who is Miguel Torres' niece. And at that time, three years ago, she was doing a trainee at the Jackson Family Wines in California. And she realized that both Jackson family and, and Torres family had many things in common when it comes to climate change mitigation. We thought we had to do something together. And since climate change is a global threat, I mean, it's not a local thing. It's something that happening. it's happening worldwide. It makes sense to collaborate from both parts of the ocean and to try to gather different wineries from, from all the world and uh, to somehow what we wanted with IWCA was to have wine as a symbol of climate change fight or climate change mitigation. And in order to do so, we wanted to, to gather all these wineries and to work collaboratively, help each other, share knowledge and, and do some benchmark within our initiatives, but also to put some pressure on the market, both at the consumer level, but also especially at the supplier level. Because uh, when you look at the greenhouse gas emissions inventory of any winery, most part of these emissions come from scope three, 
which are the supplier emissions, the indirect emissions. And therefore, it is going to be much more effective if we join forces and we try to find solutions with these providers rather than trying to do it alone by ourselves. So that was the reason why we created this type of club of very much, very committed wineries against climate change. That's the reason why we started and that's the reason why we, we keep on trying to grow this, this group of wineries and we're very happy because we have different wineries from around the globe. Uh, they are almost all wine countries represented. We might lack just uh, the Italian ones and the Argentinian ones, South African, but, but we have wineries from the US, from Chile, Spain, Portugal, New Zealand, even India, Australia, France as well. And in fact, we're in touch with some Italian ones. So we, we expect to have them very soon with us as well. And a little more specifically, what are your goals for decarbonization and the reduction of greenhouse gas emissions in your industry? The targets are, are clear in this group because in order to be part of this group, first of all, you need to have a greenhouse gas inventory. And this greenhouse gas inventory has to, has to consider all aspects of your chain of value of, of your wine bottle. By, by this, I mean that we, we, you need to take into account the emissions from the vineyard, the emissions from the elaboration of wine, but also the emissions from the distribution, the use of this bottle, and also the final disposal of, of this bottle of wine. What do we do with it? We, we, we litter this bottle or, or we recycle it or we reuse it. And these numbers, these figures have to be audited as well. That's the only way we have to ensure that the, the figures we are showing, the figures we are fighting against, they are totally trustworthy. The main target we have is to become net zero by no later than 2050. And this means to reduce as much as we can our greenhouse gas emissions and to just offset or inset, I would say, um, the emissions that you cannot reduce. I want to underline that this 2050 year target is to be aligned with the Race to Zero initiative from the United Nations, by which we are partners of this initiative, being the first agriculture and food industry association to, to be represented at this United Nations initiative. And so any winery willing to be part of uh, IWCA has to have in mind this target of becoming net zero as soon as possible. And well, obviously 2050, it's, uh, it's very much in the future. We, we hope to be net zero much earlier. Well, at this point, I think it's necessary to define what net zero is. And uh, we understand net zero as the United Nations understand net zero, which is to reduce by at least 90% your emissions. And the, the last 10% might be this type of emissions that right now are impossible to reduce. Maybe in 10 years time, we're going to find solutions. But right now, it's, it's really impossible. So what we're going to do is to inset these emissions. We're going to capture CO2 from the air inside our vineyards, inside our, the ground of our vineyards, by doing some viticultural techniques, by, by putting some cover crops between the rows, increasing the, the organic matter of the soil. That would be a, a nice way for, for us and for the agricultural sector to, to participate in, in decarbonizing as well. What's expected of new members who join IWCA and how do you measure their progress? IWCA currently has three different categories. Okay? You can be a member of IWCA 
the so-called silver member or gold member or even an applicant. So if we put them on the right order for a winery that is very much committed to fighting climate change and reducing emissions, but they haven't had already done this greenhouse gas inventory, if we see that uh, they are really committed and in fact they write a letter saying that they are going to get the services of an audit firm to be audited in the following 12 months, we allow them to become applicant. And by doing so, they are committing to do this audit, this ISO 14064 audit. It's an international standard for greenhouse gas accounting, accountability. And they become applicant members. And and this allows them to participate in all the meetings and, and be part of all the initiatives of IWCA. Once these 12 months have passed, they have to be either silver or gold members. In order to become silver member, you need to have this greenhouse gas audited and also to commit to this net zero target. This might seem not so difficult to obtain, but in fact, having your greenhouse gas inventory complete, it's something that not everyone has. I would say that only very few wineries have and only very few companies have in other sectors. So it's already a very nice and big step to measure correctly your emissions because it's the first step before starting reducing them. And in order to become a gold member, you're going to have first to have a certain percentage of renewable energy in your in your winery, 20%. And second, you need to prove that you have reduced effectively your greenhouse gas emissions. And the percentage of reduction of these emissions depends on the year that you started counting these emissions. We cannot set a fixed target to all our wineries, let's say to reduce by 60% in 2030, because a winery that starts today, it's going to be too difficult to reach 60% in just nine years. And maybe they have been doing many, many efforts in the past, but this is not visible in their greenhouse gas inventory because they just started today. So in order to be fair with everyone, as an example, Familia Torres started in 2008 their uh, greenhouse gas accountability, uh, Jackson family a few years later. But for a winery that's starting today, in order to be fair with them, we do it proportionally. And we say, by 2050, you need to be net zero, so zero emissions. And therefore, you somehow calculate an annual and proportional reduction. And if these numbers are achieved, then this winery becomes gold member. So we've talked a lot about the production side. Are you also seeing changes in consumer behavior? Consumer behavior is changing. It depends if we are talking about the final consumer at the supermarket or the consumer at, at the restaurant or the consumer at a, at a monopole market like in Quebec or in the Scandinavian markets. But the, the trend is uh, looking for more sustainable products. And um, the thing is that when we talk about vineyards and, and wine production, the biggest threat we are facing is climate change. If the rain patterns change, if, uh, if this temperature is increasing and, and the climate is completely changing more than it is doing it now, this is going to be the biggest threat or it is the biggest threat for our sector. We've done several risk analysis and climate change is by far the, the, the biggest threat today. So in order to put, I mean, it makes sense to start working towards fighting climate change. And this means decarbonizing. And by decarbonizing, it means finding different solutions on how to reduce emissions. So one example would be to reduce the, the weight of, of a glass bottle. 
And, and this is something that the consumers nowadays, they see very well. They, they, they see it as, as a very good initiative. Some, some years ago, it might look like, well, an initiative just to save money. And the consumer would not like it to have a, a lighter bottle. But nowadays, and especially younger generations, they are more and more looking for these values behind a, a brand, behind a, a winery. And um, we see this demand increasing, not only for organic wines, because organic doesn't totally mean sustainable. Organic, it's only referred to the, to the vineyard, and it doesn't take into account the greenhouse gas emissions. But we see this trend, and um, this is something that's happening not just in the wine sector, but in, in all sectors. So I believe the wine sector is somehow taking one step farther and even going a little bit ahead of the consumer demand. But this consumer demand is going to happen once the younger generation start drinking wine. And they are, gonna, they are not going to forgive wineries not taking care of the soil, of the, of the climate. And uh, knowing that climate change is happening and it's a big threat, it would not make sense to not to not doing anything. So as consumers who are now in the middle of the holiday season, a time when we're likely to drink a lot more wine than usual, and then looking towards New Year, when we'd like to change our lifestyles for the better, what can we do as consumers to ensure that our purchases are supporting the transformation of your industry? I know sometimes it's difficult to choose the wine you want to drink, especially if you're not an expert. But uh, consumers, we have this power of purchase inherent to, to, to the activity of, of buying something. And when we go to to the supermarket, to a retail store or to a, a more specific wine shop and, and we ask for the wine, we, we can ask the person in charge or just read the, the counter label and see what's, what's, what's in it. If the winery really considers sustainability and fighting climate change as a priority, it will make it aware to the consumer. The consumer has to know that by purchasing this type of, of wines, hopefully in, in a, beer, a very, very near future, all IWCA wineries are going to have one stamp on their labels showing they are members of IWCA. Consumers can be sure that these wineries are, first of all, first of all measuring their greenhouse gas emissions and having these figures audited by a third-party auditor following the ISO 14064, and that they are working every day to reduce these emissions. And, and this, this covers uh, renewable energy use, regenerative agriculture, switching to electrical cars and, and, and vans, uh, looking for more sustainable ways for logistics, like sometimes might be bulk wine or, or reusable bottles or, or so on. So it would be a, a nice way to, to somehow, well, give some positive thoughts to, to, these, to these wineries that are trying to do their best to, to fight climate change. So IWCA first came to my attention when you won the Wine Enthusiast Star Award for Social Visionary of the Year. And you just told me this morning that you won the Drinks Business Best Green Initiative. First of all, congratulations on these awards. What do these awards mean for your visibility and your power to impact the industry? Well, thank you very much, Ryan. Well, in fact, visibility is the most difficult to achieve when you launch something new. Torres and, and Jackson, they are very well known, but when you start talking about IWCA, we, we don't talk about Torres and, and Jackson. We talk about this group of wineries, 22 right now, from different countries that uh, 
well, they, they join forces to fight climate change. But how can we get to all the wineries? How can we spread the word and explain them why it's important to take into account not only direct emissions, but also indirect emissions? We need visibility. And, and this year, we got the services of a secretariat, the Meridian Institute, which is based in, in the U.S. Uh, we also made our first annual report. Uh, we took part at the Rise to Zero initiative from the United Nations. And, and this award is, is really happening at, at the best moment because this is going to give us a lot of visibility in our own sector. And we really hope that this is going to speed up uh, all new candidacies of, of different wineries. And, and I really hope we're going to have uh, some Italians and Argentinians and, and South Africans, which I believe are in German wineries, which are the ones that we are missing and increase the numbers of, of the rest. We are, we are proud of having got this, this award and we are thankful for, for this designation. We are hoping to, to be more and more inside IWCA, more wineries, and hopefully you will hear about us once we start our initiatives all together, trying to somehow shift the, the wine sector to a more sustainable one. And what makes you optimistic about the role that the wine industry can play in helping solve the climate crisis? I'm optimistic because I see many wineries are doing the right thing and, and, and that's great. I think it's one of the few sectors that are really sincere with their work that didn't fall into greenwashing. And there is also like a kind of healthy competition between different wineries to see who is more sustainable. And, and I, I like that because in the end, this means that we are advancing and we are advancing fast. And when I talk about competition, I don't mean that we don't help each other. Uh, in fact, it's the contrary. There is a lot of knowledge sharing. And this is speeding and accelerating the emissions reduction and the creation of new ideas and, and, and initiatives to reduce our emissions. We need to be very much creative. We have to find original solutions, solutions that maybe a few years ago were not possible to imagine. And uh, we have to be creative. We have to start our brains uh, working. I'm optimistic because this can be disseminated into other sectors. This can be propagated and have the beer sector doing the same. And once you have wine and beer, you can have other sectors. And I, I think that this is creating a momentum for the other sectors to follow. And we want wine to be the symbol of this climate change because we suffer it first. And then because, well, we, we have created this network in order to, to have it as a priority. Joseph, thank you for your work to transform the wine industry and make it a solution for climate change. And thank you for joining this episode of Climate Changers. Thank you very much, Ryan. It's been a pleasure. Every episode of Climate Changers has a call to action posted in the show notes. Each call to action has been curated to make it easy for you to help create the changes that we discussed today. Thank you for joining Climate Changers. Until next time.